3: Hey, a big shout out for everybody out there. Uh, Yes. Uh, I just want to say to everybody that, yeah, we're going to be doing something very, very cool on Facebook. Um, And we did kind of post something out there that uh, alluded to it, and I'm going to make that announcement tomorrow. But for those of you out there, yes, we are bringing our Pay It Forward uh, Angel campaign back. And that is going to start off with our our social media as well as our new websites that are coming out uh, for Valentine's Day. Uh, This is our 10th year anniversary, 10 years I've been with Benny, and still going strong. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hey there, Pat. Are you still excited about this upcoming weekend, Ben?
4: Oh, just a wee bit.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. I'm actually kind of excited about it, too. So, uh, you know, this is really kind of fun because, you know, what you and I get to do is we get to share time together. Then we get to talk to incredible people. Heading us, uh, heading it up today is Betsy Chassie joining me here today. Someone I got to know uh, a few years ago, let's say, uh, through this incredible film, uh, back, as many would like to say, back in the day, co-creator of the film, What the Belief Do We Know?, Now we get to come full circle to talk with her about what it's like to give birth again. We're going to be talking with her about her appearance in Seattle at East West Books, as well as this great book she put together, you know, Tipping Sacred Cows. We're going to talk about that and what this means. What is it about our lives that we need to be sharing here? And what's happened in this world of human potential? You know, back in the day, Benny, back in the day, yeah, 10 years ago, actually, when we first started to doing this, there were probably, I'd say, a handful of women that were stepping out in the human potential arena. You know, and I'm not talking about the folks that have been there forever, the Gene Houston's of the world that have been out there. But these were folks that had sort of broken through the barrier in their own way of taking a leadership role in human potential, as we like to call it. Now I like to call it as coming and having your voice come to the forefront so that we all can exp- inspire all of you to live an enormously epic life. That's what I have fun doing every day. I know Betsy has fun doing that, and Benny pushes the buttons for a lot of people that have said yes to a very, very large voice in the spirit of helping all of you. And so uh, this is really kind of cool today because, then you and I, we get to come full circle and chat with Betsy and talk about, you know, what does life mean? You know, what is it that, that has shown up for us? You know, when we thought we had all the answers, when we, when we thought we knew what the game was going to be about, what are some of the things we've learned? What does this mean, this, the, this new book of hers, which I love, and can't wait to talk about some of the things in here as well. But what is it that we've learned now, fast-forwarding 10 years or so, what have we learned from this explosion we have in the world where folks want to live an empowered life? And, of course, Benny and I, we're ready for the upcoming Super Bowl. Uh, I got my nails done. Uh, uh, of course, I have them in Seahawks uh, colors. Uh, but for those of you out there that are not Seahawks fans, I hope your team wins, too. Uh, Betsy's joining us here today, internationally known author, filmmaker, speaker, co-creator, as I said before, of the film, What the Bleep Do We Know, breakthrough film, and the author of two books. Uh, we're going to talk about those two books in a moment. But this third book, "Tipping Sacred Cow, uh, Cows, you know, mega book. Bounced out in what people are calling an explosive epic year, 2014. It's amazing what's happening with folks and their message and how it's being received. And so today we get to talk with her about that and much more. Betsy, I want to welcome you to the show. It's great to have you here.
5: Thank you. Gosh, I remember 10 years. Like it's so, it is amazing the last 10 years. And that like this is, it, it was 10 years ago. You started with 10 years ago, like literally February 4th that 10 years ago that the bleep came out. It's an amazing time.
3: I know. What the heck have we been doing?
5: You know, it's like, and it feels like yesterday in so many ways. Um, And it just, and it's like 10 years is such a long time, but maybe I'm just getting older and I'm thinking, God, that went by quick, you know?
3: (laughs) Well, let's talk about this before we talk about the book. And of course, Uh, you're going to be coming and doing a presentation. You're going to be talking about the book and much more um, at East West Books. But I want to ask you, let's just take time, because I've had a lot of time to reflect on these past 10 years. This is our 10th year anniversary. And I have to tell you, back in the day when we started, and I started on an Internet radio network in 2003, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're in 2003 and you've just paid a lot of money to, to have an hour on an Internet station, right, no smartphones, most mm-hmm. of the people are looking around at you like you have lost your mind. <laughs> now,
5: how many people I know are looking look. around
3: at you thinking 10 years ago you have lost your mind, Betsy?
5: Oh, my God. Like, everybody. I mean, I took the film out to studios and did the typical. Because back in those days, remember, you know, there what you're right. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. Well, there was no YouTube. There was barely email lists. I mean, it was sort of like people, you know, it was like it feels so weird to think about that. My, I mean, my kids look at me when I tell them, like, well, I grew up in a time when there weren't, you know, cell phones and they think I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like 9000 years old. It's so hilarious. But back 10 years ago, there wasn't any of that stuff. And I took the film out to different studios, and we screened it. And they all looked at us and said, no one's going to see this movie. Are you crazy? I mean, and we just kind of went, okay, we'll we'll do it ourselves then if you don't want to play. And, you know, I think that it, it was such a great – people often say to me, you know, gosh, you were such a genius in how you distributed What the Bleep. And I always say I wasn't a genius. It was just this moment in time when I think – people were ready to share information. I mean, it was really the birth of when the Internet was really becoming something that everybody started to use and we started to communicate differently, and it was just this perfect time. And I feel like, you know, so much has happened in the last 10 years. We're kind of at this new spot where we're kind of shifting. It is a new, new time, and we're changing the dialogue, and we're changing the way we communicate yet again.
3: I have to say something, and i you know i'm going to say something that's probably very politically politically incorrect oh good and, and i I had forgotten about this, betsy. I had forgotten about this until i just i started to get ready for the show you know uh, we helped promote uh the movie what the believe mm-hmm. right you did If you go back and I remember the time I had just come on uh, the radio and and we had caught caught the attention of One of these syndication people companies. I didn't, honestly, I did not answer this as a radio person. I dialed the wrong phone number, so I didn't know anything about anything. But the person was listening to the show, and uh, he was an executive for this, what is it, Jones Media, I guess it was at the time. And I had no idea about any of this. And he had said to me, I got to give you a coach. So he gave me this guy to coach me. Um, And I started to talk about the film and who was in the film and what they were doing. And so they came back to me, and I now I remember this. This is so rude. But this is what it was like when we started. Came back to me and says, we do not want you promoting a film that has a blind person in it. And I said, w- what? What are you talking about? Yeah, the actor. And I said, are you Marlon Matley? Is that, is that who you're, like, talking about in this film? And wow, that's how whacked it was 10 years ago. See, our listeners, I've never shared this stuff. I mean, that story is actually going to go in my book because I had forgotten that until I came on there with you.
5: Yeah, I but mean, that's it was how a, far off we are, right? Yeah, it's Yeah, it was a strange time. I mean, for us, you know, distributing the film, you know, we did a lot of people, I think, don't realize that the film was in theaters. Uh, it started in February, and we went one theater at a time for, like, six months. You know, one theater at a time, doing well, having a, a sort of word-of-mouth success. Really, the the communities and the people really supporting the movie, people like you, and people also in Portland and different places really, you know, coming around and saying, hey, we want this. And I think it was one of the few times when the people spoke, you know, this movie started to get booked in theaters, you know, not yeah. because of its star power or because... I mean, it helped that we had Marley Matlin, who was an Academy Award-winning actress, even if she was deaf, but she was an Academy <laughs> Award-winning actress.
3: But yeah, thank you for I clearing think, that up. Yeah, and
5: yeah. I, I think really, it was really the people saying, hey, I mean, people were calling theaters, and I would get phone calls from theaters around the country saying... uh I've had a hundred people call me and tell me I need to book this movie. I don't even know what the heck it is. Do you have it? Can I see it? Why are people going crazy? And it was really wonderful because that's how the movie created its success. It wasn't any magical button that I pushed or, or the distributor pushed. It was really the people saying, hey, we want this. You know, I feel like, I might say something slightly politically incorrect, I feel like in today's world, where information and media is so accessible in so many different places, that we sort of lost that passion, um, and and now it's like it's no big deal to get two or three hundred thousand views on YouTube. No, everyone kind of desensitized to it a little bit. I think you know part of what I'm interested in doing in the world right now is kind of getting people reinvigorated and reexcited about standing up and saying, "Hey, this is what this is what I value. This is what I's important to me." Because I feel like we're kind of getting hiding a little bit behind all the technology. I think the technology is great, but there's something to be said for really supporting what you believe in. Um, and so I, I hope that that's the new time, the new, that we're really, you know, now we know how to use all this technology. Now it's time to really use it and say this is what we value.
3: Absolutely. And that's why I'm so excited to talk about, you know, talk with you today. Talk about your book, but talk about this, you know, what this energy is like now because it really is about standing up for what you believe in. And, um, and you know, I got, a, I got lessons of this early on, but certainly what you've written in Tipping Sacred Cows is so absolutely important and, you know, relevant to really moving beyond that energetic glass ceiling is what I like to call it. You know, mm-hmm. those of us that have been out in the world and working as women, right, we heard the glass ceiling, glass ceiling, But none of us realize it's an energetic one, too. Right. You know, energetically, we bump our heads up and we think we're going in the right direction because we think we have figured it all out. (laughs) I want to tell you, another day, another time, and today especially, we're going to talk about what Tipping Sacred Cows is all about. Betsy Chassie joining me here today. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, the question to really ponder is, are you ready to live? your epic life stay tuned we'll
1: be right back are you tired of being tired hi i'm mary jane mack did you know the adrenal glands the workhorse of the body they are the means by which you position yourself in life for whatever comes your way tiny but mighty producing hormones the body uses to promote energy and vitality these adrenals determine how you respond to stress and when depleted The body loses its ability to function powerfully when we need it most. The much-needed adrenaline or epinephrine is not available for emergency situations. Cortisone and cortisol, the longer-acting anti-stress adrenal hormones, can also become depleted due to the pace of our everyday lives. We overwork and undernutrition our most powerful ally that helps us to live the lives we desire. We are able to determine the optimum function of the adrenals and put your system back in balance. Contact us today to feel powerfully energized at 888-777-4232
6: Are you ready to give your home a fresh look but don't want to do the work? Help is a phone call away. Kathy's Handy is a full-service general contracting company specializing in home improvement, remodeling, and repairs. Kathy's Handy are specialists in kitchens, baths, fireplace makeovers, and finished carpentry And they partner with other amazing specialty subcontractors needed to complete any job. Friendly, energetic, and dependable with an impeccable reputation to get the job done while keeping you as comfortable as possible during the transformation of your home is the hallmark of Kathy's Handy. Call Kathy now for a free estimate, 206-715-8126, that's 206-715-8126, and visit kathyshandy.com for a complete view of possibilities for your home.
3: everybody welcome back to the dr pat show thank you so much for tuning us in turning us on um we would love uh, to have you to take a look at our websites we have brand new websites coming out um if you have a question anything at all about this show today want to call in 1-800-930-2819 also if you want to ask a question you could go to the dot or you can go to TransformationTalkRadio.com, and on the right-hand side, you're going to see a a little box there where you can ask your questions, get something going here on air. Betsy Chassie joining me here today. It's always a pleasure. But I love, Betsy, what you've done in this book. It is probably one of the most straightforward uh, direct invitations for us to really take a look at stuff. And so I want to thank you for doing that. We're going to talk about the book in a minute, but before we do... Let folks know when you're coming to Seattle what you're going to be doing here.
5: Sure. So I'm going to be in Seattle on February 13th. I'll be at the East-West Bookshop doing a little talk and a book signing. And then on February 15th, I'm going to be at the Women of Wisdom Conference um, speaking in the morning with a really great friend of mine named Kate Montana. We're doing a little workshop together. She has a book called Unearthing Venus, and I have uh, my book, Tipping Sacred Cows. And so we're just going to hang out and play and have some really great fun. If they go to my website, net and they click on events, they'll be able to see, you know, where I'll be, what time, and and all that fun stuff, and be able to register if they'd like to. I'm really looking forward to coming to Seattle. I'm also going to be in Portland and Ashland and other places. But you know, I spent ten years living up in the Washington State area. When I was for the pre-show, I was listening to the weather or the the traffic, and I was like, I know where that is. It was kind of fun. Uh-huh. Well,
3: thank you, and we'll make sure we mention this again. Uh, please give out your website too uh, for sure. folks that may not have heard it the first time. It's net Beautiful. Uh, tell me about the book, uh, the Tipping Sacred Cows. I, I want to get a sense of, now, I've read the book. Uh, we're going to talk about the book. But I want to get a sense of what in the world, what in the world motivated you to write this particular book in this particular way? Because I have read over 7,000 books in the 10 years I've done this. I've interviewed that many people. And I've seen a lot of things come across my desk. But this, by far, is the cut-to-the-chase book of what we're calling the New Age era. <laughs> and I want to know, what was the fire inside of you that wanted to write a book in this way? And I, congratulations
5: for doing it. Thank you. I think I just really was tired of the bowl in my own life. I was really tired of just faking it or you know I was tired of my life not being what I truly wanted it to be not knowing what I truly wanted to be and you know I came every 10 years it seemed like my life has a major crisis 10 right before the bleep I had started a company, and I had broken up with a boyfriend, and my company failed, and it was disastrous, and then the bleep came. And then this this time around, it was that I got divorced, and I said to myself, you know what? I would really like it if every 10 years my life didn't explode, and the only way that that's going to really happen is if I actually get real for a change. Like, I really do the work. Instead of being able to repeat the pithy quotes that are on Facebook and, you know, all the nice one-liners and warm and fuzzies, like really get down and do it. And in order to do that, you know, it's you got to get rid of the bull. You got to you got to get you got to step in some cow manure, you got to hang out in your dark self and really clean up the mess. And so that's kind of where it came from. I just feel like, you know, there's been a long, you know, after the bleep came out, there was a kind of an explosion in the New Thought, New Age movement of, you know, do this and you'll be happy, three steps into happiness, three steps to enlightenment. And it became sort of like, for me, really, it it, it just wasn't insincere. And it felt like a lot of the concepts that people were talking about, while they're really powerful and profound ideas, were not really being explored in an in-depth way. I wasn't doing that. You know, I was guilty of just saying, oh, I made the movie Bleep. I know everything. I got this manifestation thing down. I create my reality, blah, 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 and move on. And the interesting thing about life is that the minute you think you've got it all figured out, it's sure to let you know that you don't. And so for right. me, it was the divorce. My, my perfect life came crashing down, and I suddenly had to say to myself, okay, I've been lying to myself and to the world for a really long time, and it's time to stop doing that.
3: Well, I love what you're saying because, you know, I entered this arena. This is how cool this is. This is what I love. I entered this arena ten years ago not knowing anything about the new thought anything. Um, I had I had one wish, was to reach a million people and help them live life so loud. I showed that to Jack Canfield. It was on the back of my business card. And I dialed, I transposed a number, got my first hour radio, internet radio, and here I am. But it was a way for me to understand about... What folks that are listening to this show really feel inspired by, and I think you're, you're right. I mean, I've never been one to kind of fluff things up. I don't even know what I say half the time until the show is over, and mm-hmm. and one of the folks that edits the show said, "Did you really? Did you really say that? You know, <laughs> did you really say blind person today?" And yeah. you know, honestly, for me, I'm like you. And so I love what you propose in this book and the questions. One of the things I want to get right to, if you don't mind, is sure. there are a lot of things in here. Uh, but this idea of of always being nice, of mm. always, you know, being this, you, you know, where did we get the idea that spirituality was quiet?
4: Right.
5: See, I, I, didn't, I never understood that. Right? Well, for me... For me, it goes deeper than that. I don't know Mm -hmm. where I got the idea that spirituality was somehow something I did you know, we, we all have these for me, I started, you know, really asking people, um, you know, I'm a question asker which can be really annoying at times, you know I always ask people <laughs> questions, so when somebody uses a word like, you know, I, I live a very spiritual life, I ask them, well what does that mean? What do you mean by mm-hmm. spiritual life? What do you mean by enlightenment? So um, a, lot, a lot of the book is me describing and, and defining some of these terms, and what I finally came to is that, you know, spirituality is not something that I do, I, you know it's not like we were saying in the break, it's not like I take out the garbage go to the grocery store and then do my spirituality you know spirituality is something that i am we all are and there is no right or wrong way if there's no rules you know in terms of having ethics and morals sure that's sort of like universal law so to speak you know you try to be good to people you try to be you know not kill someone or something like that those are some good universal laws but essentially beyond that You know, there's no right way. And so I had to really get clear on that, because in trying to be, quote, spiritual, I felt like I was always doing it wrong, and then I felt bad. And when I let go of the idea that there were rules around this whole spirituality thing – I realized, like, oh, I, I, I am spiritual, you are spiritual, everyone is spiritual, they're on their path. You know, the notion that we somehow, I, get people, I love it when people say to me, well, I got on my path eight years ago. I always say, I got on my path either before I was born and the minute I came out of the womb, that was the path. You know, you've, you're on it.
3: Yeah, so, so this is really kind of interesting, right? You know, we have these conversations which really start to ask questions about what we've come to believe or what we come to want to expect. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things you talk about in the book, which I love, uh, you say, what the hell is the law of attraction anyway? Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, I remember the first time I heard it, and uh, I had no idea what that meant. You know, uh, uh, know, the first time some people have heard that term, you know, if you want to go back when it hit the, the mainstream, people thought it was like dating. (laughs) <laughs> and, because if you don't know, you I mean, think about it, the law of attraction. Oh man, am I attractive? Do I need to get high heels? What that, but honestly that's not far from the way it's been perceived. Why was that question in the book uh something that we needed to really explore and how you define it is just brilliant
5: because are we confused? Yeah, I think a lot of times we are. I think because you know, I know in my own life, I'm busy. I'm, I'm a mom. I've got two kids. I've, you know, I'm working. I'm trying to support my kids. You know, I, you know I'm not married, and, and, and I'm busy, and I want to know how to, okay, give me the quick answer. And the quick answer is, oh, the law of attraction. If you make a vision board and you focus on it and you give yourself a bunch of really positive thoughts, everything's going to be fine. And the mm. truth of the matter is that that's not actually going to be. That's not actually going to work. It might work for a little while because you can convince yourself, "Oh, this is great. This is great." Because you're just lying to yourself. But really, it's about. Asking yourself really hard questions, like I always use the example of the Mercedes, you know. If I put a Mercedes on my vision board and I meditate long enough, it will come flying out of my booty. You know, it isn't going to work that way. You know, you actually, A, have to be realistic about how you're going to get the Mercedes. Like, are you going to have a job or what, like there. It's not going to just manifest out of thin air. And secondly, the most important thing and what I started to do is ask myself, why? Why do I want a Mercedes? What does it mean to me? You know, we always talk about meaning. And so I realized, oh, the Mercedes means status. Why do I need status? Because I, would, I don't feel worthy unless I have status. Why don't I feel worthy? And as I started to really ask myself these questions and, pull, and listen to the real honest answers, I started to realize, oh, I actually don't want a Mercedes. You know, I actually really like the car that I have. You know, I don't want a Mercedes because I have two kids. And God knows what they put in those seats back there. And if I have a nice Mercedes, I'm going to be freaking out about them getting it messy. And now I have my little Kia, and I drive around in, and it's messy, and and it's okay. And so when you start to, for me, when I started to really ask myself, why? Why do I believe this? You know, really getting down to, like, let me just start back for a second. You know, your life is created by what you believe. Mm-hmm. So everything around you reflects your belief system. The true one that you have deep down inside that no one is that you don't show to anybody. So if you so for me when I believed I wasn't good enough, I wasn't tall enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't pretty enough, that is the life that I created. Even though, you know, in some respects it may have looked like it was perfect, the truth is I had a marriage that wasn't working. I was lost in my career. I mean, once I got real honest, I was like, oh, no kidding. Why, this is why I'm feeling so. Even, in the, even if though you looked at me you thought, wow, her life is perfect, I still felt miserable and unfulfilled, and that was why. So oh. when you start to really start to look at your beliefs and then look at your life and ask yourself, why do I believe that? It's a simple question, but if you really are honest with yourself, you can, that's when the changes in your life start happening. That's when you go, oh, I really don't want a Mercedes. Why have I been spending the last year of my life running around like a crazy person, bashing my head up against the wall, making vision boards about something I really, truly don't want?
3: Oh, that's a great question. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, here's a question for everybody. What do the Easter Bunny and Superman have in common? Well, Betsy, Betsy knows. And when we come back, we're going to tell you all about this beautiful relationship through with our friend, the Easter Bunny, and our mega-hero, Superman. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Hey,
6: do you like free stuff? The Dr. Pat Show has an amazing giveaway program doing weekly giveaways on Facebook and Twitter. Go to facebook.com slash the Dr. Pat show and click the like button. Then go to twitter.com slash the Dr. Pat show and click the follow button. Then you can play along and enter to win some amazing prizes. Again, that's facebook.com slash the Dr. Pat show and twitter.com slash the Dr. Pat show.
0: Join the Pacific Northwest EFT Tappers at the fourth annual Tappers Gathering this March 1st at Bastyr University. Tapping enthusiasts from across the region will be sharing healing stories, learning different EFT applications, and forging a strong community. This event raises money and awareness for continuing EFT tapping scientific research. All net proceeds go to our 501c3 nonprofit conducting a study showing how EFT can alter gene expression. Bring your cards and information for a fulfilled day of networking and inspiring one another Visit www.NWTappersGathering.com or call 360-661-6877. www.NWTappersGathering.com or call 360-661-6877.
6: Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all, a healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you, Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. You follow me,
5: so where you go? I
0: follow, follow, follow up.
3: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you for tuning us in, turning us on. A shout-out to our flagship stations, WBOQ, KKNW, AM 1150, WBOQ, 1230 AM, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York. Thank you so much. And a shout-out to all of the rest of you that pick us up. Uh, Thank you to iHeartRadio. Thank you to all of the rest of you out there that are listening. Shout-out to our friends in Australia and beyond. And to the folks that have been tuning us in, turning us on for 10 years in in the state of Washington. Happy New Year to us. Betsy Chassie joining me here today. Most of us know who she is. And if you don't, go to the website, BetsyChassie.net. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to meet her up close and personal, uh, Betsy, just let everybody know, again, the date for the Women of Wisdom as well as East-West. Uh, and the book in front of me right now that she has put together, thank you, it's brilliant, is Tipping... Sacred cows. I love this. Additive free.
5: <laughs> so, Beth, <you laughs> Thank tell you. us about the event. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'll be at the East West Bookshop on February thirteenth doing a little talk and book signing, and then I'm going to be doing a presentation at the Women of Wisdom Conference in Seattle on February fifteenth. Um, and they can go to my website and click on events, BetsyChassy.net, and click on events, and they'll be able to see you know the dates and times. I'm going all over the place. Tucson. I'm going to. Um, Seattle, I'm going to Ashland, I'm going to Vancouver, I'm gonna be coming to the East Coast. So just follow along there and we're gonna have some really fun. You know, I I, I'm sort of over the whole concept of standing on a stage and and lecturing. My I really enjoy the interactive experience of just really having I feel like it's time for us to start sharing our stories. That's kinda what tipping sacred cows is. It's not a self help book, it's not a how to book. It's a hey, you know, here's my story, tell me yours and let's let's see how we can do this together. I love
3: it. So that brings me now to uh, one of the things I read in the book, and I so resonated with this. Uh, The Easter Bunny and Superman. Now, everything, you're probably thinking that of everything I could have picked up on in this book, yeah, I went right to that. Because I love this story. Uh, And it comes in the chapter... That you talk about who is the universe and why does it have all my stuff? What a great question. I wondered that myself.
5: <laughs> well it's telling me what you I talked about you. in that chap sorry, what I talk about in that chapter is really this whole idea that we have this tendency to say, Oh, the universe is providing, which is sort of a replacement for God is providing. And in the New Thought New Age movement, it sort of always confused me because a lot of it is like go within and this whole idea of non separation and then we say something else. You know, gave us what we want, as if the universe is some sort of divine vending machine dropping into our laps with that which we desire. And, you know, I wondered about this. I wondered, well, you know, how does this whole law of attraction manifestation thing, you know, really work? And you and I were talking again in the break about this. We, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned beliefs. And there's this, there's this, you look at it in your own life, when you can, when something's happening and, and it happens effortlessly, and you look at it and you go, wow, I believe that that will happen, it's not just that you say, oh, I believe it. There's this, you believe it at a cellular level. There's no doubt anywhere in your body or your heart that it's going to be true. And what happened was, you know, my, I talk a lot about my kids in my book because they're like my best teachers. They're so wonderful and, and such a great way to learn about how humans work. And my son, who was five at the time, um, really wanted a Superman doll for um, Easter, And, you know, this was before the Superman movie came out or was even on the scene. And so I'm started looking around for a Superman doll, and and I could not find one. I mean, I find every other superhero on the planet but a Superman doll. And so I start to, like, you know, begin to let my son down easily. Like, well, you know, the Easter Bunny might not be able to get the Superman doll. and, and And my son looks at me in, like, his own perfect way, and he's like, Mom. The Superman, I mean, the Easter Bunny is going to come through, okay? Like, no doubt. He just looks at me like, come on, woman, don't burst my bubble. I believe this to be true. You're crazy. So, you know, I'm, it's a few days before Easter, and we go to this shopping center, and it's an outdoor shopping center, and they had this, like, old-time toy store, and I thought for sure there'd be a Superman doll there. Of course, no Superman doll. So I'm like, okay, I'm at a loss here. And we start to ride this trolley that goes around the mall, and the announcer on the trolley says, and the Easter Bunny is here, and, you know, you can have your picture. And, like, the first thing I think is, oh, great, like, I'm going to, you know, have to spend 40 bucks on a picture with a bad Easter Bunny. But the kids are super excited, and they jump off the trolley, and they go running across the courtyard to to the Easter Bunny house. And they get a bit ahead of me, but, I mean, I can see them, but they're a bit ahead of me, and all of a sudden I hear my son yelling at the top of his lungs, Mom! 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 And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's happened? Like, you know, did the Easter Bunny's head fall off? Are we going to be scarred forever? <laughs> like, what's going on? And I walk up, and right next to the Easter Bunny house is this, like, kiosk. You know, those little outdoor kiosk yeah. things. Yeah. And it's a toy kiosk, which is weird because I don't usually see. you usually said they sell sea salts or, you know, sunglasses, right? And he's standing there, and in his hands is a Superman doll. And what's so amazing about the Superman doll is that when my son described to me the Superman doll that he wanted, he was very specific. It would be soft and squishy so that he could hug it, but it would have a lifelike face so that when he played with it, it would seem realistic. It was very specific. That is exactly what the Superman doll looked like. and. I'm like, that's amazing. And he, he said, see, I told you the Easter Bunny would give it to him. Because in his mind, the kiosk was right next to the Easter Bunny house. That's the Easter Bunny gave it to him. And he walks into the Easter Bunny hut with his doll. And I see the guy that runs the um, the kiosk. And I'm like, well, you know, okay, how much is the doll? And he looks at me and he says, and I kid you not, you know, I don't know. I've only got one of those and I got it today. <laughs> And I was like, I thought to myself, now if my son could just manifest a BMW, an emotionally available wealthy man, we'd be set. You know? There you go. (laughs) But that's amazing. I mean, but there was no doubt with him. Like, there was no, like, doubt. There was no, you know, it's not going to happen. He said what he wanted. He was clear about why he wanted it. There was no, like, there was, you know, there wasn't anything attached to it. It was like, I want the Superman doll. I'm going to get the Superman doll. End of discussion. And it happened. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, it's Really,
3: at the key for a lot of things. Someone said to me, I can't remember the interview I, I I did, but it was a while ago, and they were describing things, and um, and they were talking about. They used Master Jesus as an example. That's exactly the words that the, that the guy used, and he was referencing the Law of Attraction, and he said, uh, he said, you know, think about this. How do you bring back the dead? And how do you heal the maimed? And I, I just said, I mean, what do, you, what do I say to that? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know. You just do. And he said, exactly. Right. So why is it we believe that in some of these people that have walked the earth? And, and he gave me a whole bunch of other people, which I don't remember now. But we cannot believe that in ourselves. You know, what is it? And isn't that really what you're talking about when you say, you know, tipping sacred cows. Let's talk about what that means for people because aren't we really talking about all of the things that we've come to believe that we actually don't believe
5: or well, things the, that we
3: do believe that maybe we shouldn't believe.
5: Right. Well that's that's exactly it. It's that you know my book when I start the book I talk about how we attach meaning and how we get the end up with the belief system that we have. You know you get it from your parents, your friends, some experience. You know, I'll give you an example. When I was a little girl, five years old, my brother called me hippo girl. He said I was his little hippo girl. Now, when I was five, I saw pictures of hippos, and they were cute, and I had a hippo stuffy, and that was soft and cuddly. But as I started to get a little older, I started to look at hippos and say, oh, hippos are kind of short and fat. Does that mean that I'm short and fat? It must mean that I'm short and fat. So then I attached my belief system around my body and self-worth To feeling short and fat. And then I lived that the rest of my life. So in my life, somebody would say something to me, you know, that would trigger that belief, that memory. And I would attach it and go, oh, I'm short and fat. Oh, I'm short and fat. So flash forward, you know, 40 years, two kids later, and I'm short and fat. And that's how I I saw myself. I could look in the mirror and go, oh, there's Hippo Girl. And then in How Did I Buy My Clothes? How did I carry my body? How did everything about my beingness was hippo girl? I could never believe that I was beautiful and and wonderful and attractive because all I could ever really think, deep down inside, was hippo girl. You know, no matter how many times I would put the vision board together with the sleek, wonderful body and the exercise and the yoga, it didn't matter. I could starve myself to death and be as skinny as can be and still the hippo girl so i get it you know the thing is that the law of attraction that's what i'm attracting because that's what i'm putting out no matter how many vision boards i make so the question then you have to say is you know for my son for instance you know what was about what was it about the superman doll for him for him the superman doll represented love and safety you know so he wanted to feel that and he knew he deserved that and so he manifested it there was no doubt you know, we spend our lives in fear and doubt, and it's not fun to say that. And everybody, you know, most people want to say, I'm a happy person. That's great. Then look at your life and confirm that. But when you really get honest, I found in my own life that I wasn't, that I had a lot of beliefs that weren't true. And once I started to tip, I called those sacred cows. Once I, those are things that we hold up against criticism. Right. Nobody can touch my belief about my body. No matter how many times somebody would say to me, you're beautiful, all I heard was, you're a hippo girl. Exactly. And so that was a belief system they couldn't touch. And we do well, that. And then, and then that's, that's what we believe with every ounce of our being.
3: There's no question about it. You know, how many times uh, have you heard people talk about their finance? We're going to take a short break because we're going to wrap up with this. This is I love. We're talking about, you know, the new fear and judgment model. What does this mean? We talk about it in the book. You know, can you only imagine, Betsy, here, this thought before we go to break. You know, what if you had a name that rhymed with fat and brat? That's what mm. I grew up with. Girl, mm-hmm. yeah. That'll plant a few seeds. All right, everybody, we're going to take a short break. We'll be short break when we come back. We're going to talk about what you can do to step beyond that fear, that judgment. And, you know, what the heck is the ego doing in our business? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. But
0: when you look at me, the only memory is self-
4: If not today, one day you will need chiropractic care. Before you choose one, get a copy of this special report. Five keys to selecting the right chiropractor. Available free. And you can read it in about six minutes. Get the care you need, when you need it, from the right chiropractor. Visit wellnessone.net or call toll-free 866-499-7509. Go to wellnessone.net or call 866 499
2: A-C-T, Advanced Cell Training, is a restorative healing process created by Gary Blair to address the body malfunctions that contribute to illness. This breakthrough learning program teaches health insights and principles, strategic integration of both traditional and alternative modalities, while clients train their own bodies to heal themselves. Visit AdvancedCellTraining.com. That's AdvancedCellTraining.com.
1: Get Inspired.
3: hey everybody welcome back to the dr pat show again find out more about transformation talk radio all of the cool hosts we have on there what they're up to what they're doing go to transformationtalkradio.com. don't forget tonight um, you all will get to experience the amazing uh, John Sutton. And he has a fabulous show on Transformation Talk Radio. It's an open line show. He and uh, Psychic John, and uh, for those of you out there, he will have the Countess Torella joining him on the show as well. Uh, for today, Betsy Chassie joining me here. I want to make sure that you go and find out about Betsy, where she's going to be, because she is going to be all over the country. And for those of you that are listening to this show and, you know, from another place, just check it out. She's going to be at a lot of different places, including the Northwest, um, excuse me, maybe she's going to be there. No, Women of Wisdom and uh, East-West Books. BetsyChassie.net is the website. Betsy, you know, this hour has really just flown by, just zipped. Um you talk about the ego in the book uh and I think this would be a great way to kind of sum this up for people uh about you know what the power, what the message is what the primary message is with the book what you've discovered how it's helped you and supported you but also how you've discovered things that have gotten in your way
5: well that's a lot but all, I mean I think essentially the the biggest message that I really want to get people in the book is the lesson that I finally learned is that, you know, my mission, excuse me, my mission in life here is to live. It's to experience life, which is sometimes going to be amazing. It's sometimes going to suck. And I have to be conscious and present and thoughtful about how I'm choosing to experience it. But to also remember that, you know, this is a journey and it's always not going to be great. And that's okay. And to sort of, to sort of not, Hold on to everything so tightly that this moment that's really horrible is going to define the rest of my existence. That everything is essentially going to be okay. The thing about the ego that that I would just say is simply that, you know, we have this tendency to bash things and to blame things. Everybody wants to blame the ego, like the ego is some bad thing. The ego is a tool that we have, you know, we have a machine. I think a lot of times, especially in the new age, new thought movement, that people talk about wanting to get out of their bodies and levitate and do all these amazing things. We have this body and we have this brain. And for me, I really wanted to learn how to use it well. And part of that is our ego. So if we start to really, instead of bashing our brain and bashing our mind and bashing our ego, if we start to go, wait a second, these are all tools for me to use in this playing field and we begin to learn how to really use them, then we can start having a really cool time with life, even when it sucks, because we are operating our machine from an optimum level. We are really, really playing the game well.
3: Wow. You know, I I think this is so great for, for you and I, 10 years apart, whatever we want to call it, 10 years later, to be chatting, um, to be in the world and, and and really helping others. And especially given, I don't know about you, but I'm sure that the journey you've been on, and certainly the one I've been on, you know, has been filled with people that couldn't possibly imagine why words of inspiration would be able to help anybody. You know, one of the things that's happened, and I wanted to talk with you about it, is 10 years ago, if you were to look at the landscape of, of talk radio, um, women had left talk radio by the millions. And honestly, due to, you know, the, the vision of people at this station and other stations and, you know, certainly our WBOQ station with Chris and the team, you know, we've been able to build a platform that's not just for women but has a universal message. However, the out the outtake of that is that millions of women have come back. I wanted to ask you in these final minutes, what what is the vision you have? What are you seeing the future like, not just for, you know, this arena, but for yourself? And where do you want to go from here?
5: Wow. I mean... I've really come to the place that, you know, I think I think I, we hear so much about what's going wrong and how humanity is destined for destruction because we're a mess. And, I, you know, I read a really great book by a gentleman. He's up there named Michael Mead, and he wrote a book called Why the World Doesn't End. And he, he I interviewed him, and he said this to me, and it made so much sense. As I'm raising my own children, you know, they go through developmental stages. And I feel like Humanity is in a developmental stage, and we're in, you know, we're in this growing pain stage. And actually, if we really look at where we are and where, how far we've come, I really, I'm hopeful. I really feel positive about humanity and what's going on. It's not, you know, it's a microcosm, macrocosm. In my own life, I'm cool with the fact that my life is going to have ups and downs and i'm not really sure where it's going i just know that i want to live it fully and live it presently being conscious while i'm doing it and aware if i look at humanity it's growing pains it's not always going to be pretty it's not always going to be great if you think about a butterfly coming out of the chrysalis when you when you watch a butterfly literally at that moment when it breaks free it is messy it is bloody It is awful, just like birth. You started talking about birth at the beginning of the show. When a baby is born, it is bloody and disgusting. But then there's life. And so I look at that and go, oh, okay, this is going to be messy. You know, oops, this is not going to be a clean. I'm going to step in some cow manure here. I'm going to get cow manure on my feet, but I'm going to make it through. And that's really how I, I feel. And and it really brings me a sense of, of peace because even though some days it's going to be worse than others and some days it's going to be great, I just know that it's all going to be what it should be, and that's okay.
3: Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so looking forward to seeing you again. Thank uh, you. One more time. Let folks know how they can get a copy of your book, how they can see you uh, directly in person up front, and thank you for actually going on the road with this. Uh, so many authors these days are not doing that, and I so appreciate that you are. Thank you so
5: much for doing that. Well, thank you. I mean, a big part of what I want to do is connect with people. I want to get out from behind the computer, and I want to talk to people, and I want to share with people, and I want to hug people even though I'm not the best hugger. Um, I, I feel like we need to connect. We need to look at each other in our eyes and talk and, and be okay and without judgment and know that this person, one of my big things I'm working on in my own life is the idea of remembering that the person that I'm interacting with is, is on a life journey too and to be, you know, empathetic and compassionate about that and to know that, you know, we're all trying to figure this out. I'll be – you can go to net. You can get the book pretty much anywhere. Um, It's called Tipping Sacred Cows. I'll be in Seattle. Uh, I mean, I'm coming to Seattle in February. And I'm also really grateful to my publisher. A lot of times publishers, you know, don't have the money to support – Doing book tours, and I'm very grateful to the Beyond Words and Atria Simon and Schuster for being willing to let me do this, to really being willing to support me in getting out on the road, um, and bringing back the notion of connection. Wow, mm-hmm.
3: Betsy, thank you so much for joining us here today. I thank want to you. take a short break, everyone. Wow, we're we're continuing. Uh, you're going to get to meet artist. Uh, and Patterson in a minute the marriage of art and business and the inspiration continues right here on the Dr Pat show we'll be right back
0: Come alive and shine with the Alive and Shine radio show with Adil and Savitri. Widen your perspective, learn to heal yourself, and clarify your power of choice so that you feel truly alive and shine. The Alive and Shine radio show is your how-to guide for creating a life in which your dreams come true. Listen live each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW or at AliveAndShineShow.com. Join the Pacific Northwest EFT Tappers at the 4th Annual Tappers Gathering this March 1st at Bastyr University. Tapping enthusiasts from across the region will be sharing healing stories, learning different EFT applications, and forging a strong community. This event raises money and awareness for continuing EFT tapping scientific research. All net proceeds go to our 501c3 nonprofit conducting a study showing how EFT can alter gene expression. Bring your cards and information for a fulfilled day of networking and inspiring one another. Visit www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360 661 6877 www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877
2: Join us February 14th through the 17th for the 22nd annual Women of Wisdom Conference in Seattle. Come explore the new paradigm riding the wave of the heart. Inspirational speakers experiential workshops will change your life for good. Join Donna Eden, Esther Nicholson, Jalaja Bonheim, Julie McIntyre, and S.J. Tucker. Everything is individually priced, and evening events are open to men. Reduce prices for teens, students, and seniors. Looking for community? Join us this February. Visit womenofwisdom.org. That's womenofwisdom.org. Oh, and you'll want to attend the CD music release concert that S.J. Tucker is giving. Saturday, February 15th. That's womenofwisdom.org, 206 782 3363. That's 206 782 3363.